Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I am your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Very excited. We have Adam Burke on our podcast today. How's it going? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. And actually, we got connected through YPO as a side note. <laughs> and I've had a few YPOs on my podcast in the last right. several weeks. So it's always good to to you know to connect with others who are part of the entrepreneurial journey and part of the uh, part of YPO in general. So uh, first question that I always like to ask our guests is tell us a little bit about your background and how that fits into where you are, what you're doing now. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes say I'm, a, but I've said this a few times that I'm a last time entrepreneur instead of, you know, second or third, I keep saying last and, and there's always a new itch that arises. So this is, this is kind of like the third company that I've been at from the earliest of days. The, the, the first was a kind of a company that was relaunching out of the dot-com bubble bursting and was kind of launching as a new business model. And I, and I kind of joined to help the relaunch of that. And then I co-founded a company in 2007 called AdRoll. It was part of the kind of the first three or four folks there and helped build that company to a few hundred employees and a couple hundred million in revenue. And that is really the problem space that brought me to, well, the challenges that I faced scaling at that company were really the the things that brought me to Charma, which is the company today. And that through that journey, that 10-year journey at AdRoll, which is now called NextRoll, um, really struggled with evolving from being a product-minded entrepreneur to managing large teams and ultimately, you know, managing other managers. And you know, that, that was a challenge for me. And I saw firsthand that people who were, had really developed their management skills and that were really great at being managers just had just an outsized impact on the organization, on, on the effectiveness of their teams, the, the wellness, the happiness and well-being of their teams, the culture as a whole. And, you know, it comes down to, to habits. And I felt like I didn't have a good toolkit for keeping me on track to implement the, those habits as a, as a manager and as a leader, especially as you're managing, you know, five, seven, eight, 10 people, it's really hard to keep track of where they all are in their journey with the company and their careers. And that, that was the founding premise behind Charma. Could we be a software toolkit that would help people be better managers? At the time, and in my experience, we had gotten very well-intentioned tools from our HR team, but they would always kind of fall flat in the company. They were very administrative, very bureaucratic, very cumbersome to use. They were very, they were used very sporadically. You know, you would do these big heavyweight performance review cycles that grind the whole company to a halt for like two weeks or, you know, do some goal setting cycle where, you know, you spend all this time and energy to put goals in some system and then no one looks at them until the next quarterly goal setting cycle. And that just struck me as a big missed opportunity especially as enterprise software began to shift from these kind of top-down monolithic implementations to more bottoms-up and product-led. And it felt like there was an opportunity to, to build something that in that mindset for managers. 
So we had really just designed for the end user, for the manager, and that is what Charma is today. Great. And uh, so what is the big problem that this that Charma solves for? I mean, I know you mentioned leaders and having good habits, but what is really the big problem? Yeah, helping people be better managers. And there, there's a lot of learning and development and training that can happen to help that. And those are all good and fine. But then people are kind of left to sink or swim on their own on their day to day. And as I mentioned, the existing tools are really more geared around HR's administrative needs than they are around a manager's effectiveness, in my opinion. And, and you know, today's workforce has really, really moved to a place where biannual performance reviews doesn't help a person develop on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, there are these buzzwords around continuous feedback and things like that. But again, there, there's no toolkit that helps people implement that type of methodology. You know, the tools that have existed, again, are have been designed for HR people to implement these heavyweight performance review cycles and 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 things of that nature. And so, yeah, that, that is the goal of Charma, that we're actually designing for the manager and building things that a manager needs on a day-to-day basis to be a better manager. So generally how it works is we start with the weekly one-on-one cadence. We are a place that allows you to keep your agendas for those meetings. We give you suggested topics and templates for those meetings. We keep track of action items and notes that are discussed in those meetings. And once we're kind of helping to manage that cadence, we can suggest things like, hey, you haven't given Adam feedback in some time. Here's some things that he's done that you might want to give feedback on. And so just really taking the mental overhead off of being a great manager and just giving all the nudges, giving all the guidance, obviously, you know, in this day and age, using AI to help give starting points around feedback, around recognition, things like that. Surfacing items in other systems, that's another problem with traditional HR tools. They're very siloed. They're disconnected from where real work gets done. So we've integrated with all the daily use tools, you know, the Jiras and Asanas and Salesforces and HubSpots of the world so that managers can bring things like that into our system and say, hey, let's talk about this opportunity in Salesforce or let's talk about this Jira ticket and have it all linked all nicely. So yeah, that's the problem we're trying to solve and how we're going about doing it. And is this designed for specific managers, like one to two people, managing one to two people, managing a hundred people, managing a thousand people, or how does that I mean, not a lot of people manage a thousand people directly. Anyway, maybe if you're the CEO of a thousand person company, I guess you're managing. Yeah, and we certainly have in implementations at, com- at com- companies that large, but it's it's meant to help manage the relationship between you and your direct reports. Those problems and, and the challenges of that obviously scale as your team scales. And so, you know, really these problems creep in at, you know, four or five direct reports where it's just hard to remember where each person is in their cadence in their life cycle of the company and what the right cadence is to check in on them on various topics. It's too much to keep in your brain. And, you know, the solution of like disparate Google Docs or things of that nature are, you know, just not purpose-built for this solution. And by, you know, building something that is specifically built around managing people directly, it's just a much better experience for both the manager and their direct reports. And takes a lot of like mystery and confusion out of, you know, when things get 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 discussed, make sure that you're implementing all of these good behaviors. And then, yeah, the product cascades up and down. So yeah, CEO uses it with their exec team. The CMO uses it with their marketing team and, and it cascades from there. And so anyone you have, basically anyone you have a one-on-one or meeting with, kind of you'll inter, 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 interact with in some way, shape, or form inside of Charma. And 
so has this does this really change for remote versus in person or can anybody use this that, i mean that was a big tailwind for our business not necessarily because the old way was so good in fact it wasn't but just that the old way of things it was just a catalyst to you know the old way of doing things just broke with a in in remote and a hybrid oriented world and you couldn't just rely on oh well you know i'll just walk by someone's desk and you know say good job or check in on a topic you need to be more intentional about these types of things and a bit more structured and we don't want that to mean bureaucratic and administrative and you know time consuming you just need to need to need, need to have the right tooling to uh, to operate effectively moving to moving to those systems. You can't just assume all of a sudden you only see people once a week and you can just do everything the same way. And so that was certainly a catalyst for us where people were looking for new solutions and saying, okay, well, now I've got a hybrid team or now I have a remote team. And yeah, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to communicate with people asynchronously? How am I supposed to document things? How am I supposed to you know, replicate those informal bits of feedback or kudos or whatever the case may be. And that's like, that's what we had been building for, for like two, you know, start founded the company in around 2018. And so kind of going into 2020, when all that happened, it was a little bit of, you know, the world was already moving this direction, but it accelerated quite a bit, obviously. And that definitely pulled forward the demand for products like ours. I was just going to ask, did this come out of, of the COVID pandemic? But it sounds like you already had foreseen something happening where there's maybe more remote work in the future, even the pandemic didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I struggled with all these problems at Adroll where we were we were very much an in-office culture, you know, and, and as you manage more people, it's just tough to keep track of the day-to-day things that you should be keeping track of with your team. And and as you scale as a company, you know, there's a little bit of a people or, or a selective memory around this, but bigger companies are kind of already remote. You know, you have field sales forces, you have global offices you have you already have contractors perhaps and so there was already a hybrid nature that kind of made the old way of doing things not so good to begin with and but it did take kind of that jarring event really kind of really shake up the status quo and the question i was going to ask is about the company now and what are some of your recent wins or projects that you're working on for the future of the organization yeah, well, you know, we have like over 300 paying customers that, you know, all have between, you know, a dozen and a thousand employees. So that's been great to see the the product really solve a problem as people adjust to hybrid work. And so that, that's been great, broadly speaking. More specifically, you know, I'm almost like hesitant to like talk about AI because it's a, a such, you know, so much heat around it and, and, and bluster. But we, we, we integrated with GPT-3 back in 2021, you know, back in the ancient days, seeing like, oh, this this would be a helpful way. People complain about writing performance reviews, right? It's like everyone's least favorite activity in the course of the year. And it's like, oh, well, this can help you write that. And it could help you write it in a professional way and find words for complicated topics. And so we, we implemented something called Feedback AI as a way that a manager could just pick a couple adjectives to describe a person. And we could help write a paragraph of feedback, which you would then obviously edit add examples, put in your own voice, et cetera, but just getting out of that blank page problem. And at the time, people were like, oh, wow, that's kind of, that's amazing that it can do that. But isn't that weird that you would like write, you know, a performance review with AI? And now the world is totally flipped. And now people are proactively coming to us and asking, hey, do you have a tool that 
you know, that, that uses AI to write performance reviews and everyone's looking to start there. And again, not to take the humanity out of it, but if you have something like AI, which makes it easier and lowers the barrier to writing and giving feedback, you can do it more frequently. And so that's kind of what our system is oriented around, not so much these biannual performance reviews. We do support that and 360s and things like that, but we, we really try to encourage the can more continuous feedback. And so you can just, we can see, hey, this person has completed these action items, pick a couple adjectives, here's some feedback that would make sense to give this person. And then maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong, the person edits it to do it, but, you know, saves so much time and just makes it much more likely that that people on the team are going to get the coaching and feedback that they need if you can make it easy. I can see AI being a good solution because sometimes you have sensitive topics that you have to discuss with an employee and maybe you're not always sure on what kind of yeah. words to use or how to communicate this best without right. having to, you know, have miscommunications or, right. you know, a lot of negative impact on employees. So I can see how maybe asking, you know, ChatGPT or your platform on what's the best way to communicate this without making the other person feel rotten. <laughs> right. And what a lot of times people do is just procrastinate, right? And then not bring it up. And so if we can kind of proactively be like, hey, here's a little blurb of text that might be helpful. It's much easier to be like, okay, well, now it's already almost written. Let me just like tweak it for this particular case. And then you're much more likely to, to do that, which is just so, so critical because especially in hybrid, people can kind of spin out, you know, if you're not course correcting, if you're not engaging with them and giving that, you know, and just only talking about tactical, do this, do that type stuff. Yeah, people, people, people build existential dread. And so it's best to, you know, have that con those continuous check ins, as long as you can make it easy. And that's what we try to do. Right, absolutely. And yeah, that's always been the problem with, you know, these annual reviews, right? It's just like, they take up a lot of time. And it's all like once a year, but like, really, we all want to hear feedback on a regular basis and employees want to hear feedback on a regular basis, at least once a week, right? Where it's not just, okay, I'm going to wait <laughs> to see what my manager says after like six months or 12 months. Uh, so that, that totally makes sense when you, and especially when you're integrating with other, other platforms. So uh, I actually had someone on the podcast recently who was also part of what I call, I guess, the employee appreciation industry. Uh, someone is a, a company called We Whistle and they do uh, employee appreciation. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of leads into the next question I was going to have is someone, you know, for you, someone who's been in the employee, I guess, appreciation, but also like uh, internally in uh, with employees, what do you, what do you predict is the future of work and how does your organization play a role in that? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a really big question. You can pick one topic out of that. That's not yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. You know, the future of work will be different for different industries, different categories. You know, I think some things that will certainly be maybe some some things that are generalizable across it is some of the things that we touched on. Yeah, I mean, geography is certainly playing a much a smaller role in the opportunities that people select career wise. And the organizations that they decide to join have much less to do than much less to do with where they are. You know, there are all these crazy statistics around like uh, our grandparents' generation, who they married, there was, you know, X percent chance that they, you know, were someone within five blocks. And you could probably make a similar graph around employment and, you know, what companies you decide to join. And now that that five block radius is, you know, starting to be pretty close to global. And that's going to have huge implications, you know, flattening of 
wage discrepancy in regions. There certainly is going to be arbitraged out in many respects. And, and, you know, the area that yeah, we're focused on is, yeah, how do you still maintain connection? How do you still coach? How do you still main, maintain team cohesion in that world when people are maybe in different time zones? And how do you like take the best of that and, you know, not necessarily and, and mitigate the, wor- the, the, the worst parts, you know, which are like, okay, we're, we're not getting the same level of connection, the same level of cohesion, the same coordination, the same, you know, yeah, the same coaching opportunities. So yeah, those are some of the big themes that 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 come to mind to me. And um, what do you think is the future of work as it as it relates to technology and AI? I know we talked touched a little bit about that earlier in the podcast. Yeah, I, I think I don't know. Like these things so far, you know, I think it's easy to see that there's been these like big breakthroughs lately. And assume that the big breakthrough trajectory just continues at this new pace. But I think probably what's more likely is that we're going to have to go through a little bit of an absorption phase of what's already been developed. And I don't think this just is a, you know, here on out exponential, just humans get replaced overnight type of scenario. And you're going to need people to figure out how to implement these things, figure out the killer use cases. I mean, there's a lot of like really cool demos and there are really cool things that people are doing to implement these. But um, I think it's very fair to say that the demos are pretty far ahead of where like the implementation is. So, you know, I think it's going to play a big role. You know, I think this this axiom that's going around, I don't know who coined it, but that like your job won't be replaced by AI. Your job will be replaced by another human using AI. I think there's a lot to that. And I think generally that, you know, people will, you know, continue to stand on the shoulders of software in a way and be able to do, you know, increasingly more, more increasingly leverage their their talents on top of, you know, various automations. But I, you know, I think this this cycle will, technology adoption cycle will look like a lot of Others where, yeah, there's rejiggering, there's some moving around, there are some jobs that are no longer necessary, but whole new sets of jobs that get created. And what those are are always a little bit hard to predict. But I think because we're in such a tornado right now where where so much new stuff is happening every week, it's easy to be like, okay, well, this just goes on forever. And, you know, let's get universal basic income started. (laughs) And I I don't think that's that's, that's quite going to be the way it's going to go. Yeah, we're we're already seeing. I think some of the adoptions slowed down a little bit, or and even even you know some of the stuff that I told you. Like, yeah, you can't just say write me a performance review and expect it to be good. You need to be. It's a great way to get started. It's a great way to break the procrastination cycle. It's a great way to save time. But you still need the person to be editing and adding and you know adjusting it. So I think it's great stuff. I think it's exciting. It's it's a space that we've really leaned into. But I think there is a big like absorption phase ahead of us. Yeah, of course, I totally agree. I don't think we're going to get replaced by robots tomorrow. But I think the next step is upskilling, right? How do we, when you said like the next iteration is not that the robot's going to take over your job, but human with, you know, AI, Might. Um, I don't know, co-pilot and AI co-pilot is probably going to take over your job. So the next step is, you know, how do you upskill to that level and learn as much as you can about AI and how it can support you in your work in your organization or whatever that might be. So I think, I guess, always learning is the... Yeah. And the good news is with this, you know, there was sort of that mantra around, you know, upskilling people learn even more technical skills, you know, coding and whatnot. And there's just a much bigger barrier to entry to that. At least a lot of the AI stuff, the real silver or the real nice thing about it is that the interface is 
English in many cases. And so, you know, maybe that even is a is a strong case for swinging back to educating people on, you know, writing and clear communication and expressing, you know, ideas because that's the interface now. And, and, you know, you can describe what you want in words and the machine can write the code. Right. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was great. Uh, last question is how can I audiences get in touch with you or your organization? Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, Adam at Charma, C-H-A-R-M-A, just as it sounds. So yeah, you can always reach me there. Adam Burke, B-E-R-K-E at twitter.com is another one. LinkedIn, all the usual places. It's my name. <laughs> and how did the name come about? Last question. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's an interesting one. Charma is a rebrand that we went through at the beginning of this year. The original name of the company was Work Patterns. And we, you know, because it was very descriptive of what we did, but that was both a blessing and a curse. It was a very long name. It ended with an S, which was like hard to work with and possessives and things like that. There's a lot of other companies out there called Work Something. And, you know, our aspiration is to be an iconic company. and to be that, we wanted an iconic name. And so we did a whole process and we kind of liked the word charm, but, you know, didn't want to just like the English word is difficult from a trademark perspective. So kind of added the A and that kind of like just felt good and right along with kind of some of the branding that we think captures our idea of, you know, managing healthy relationships between managers and the direct reports. So that's where we landed, charma.com. Yeah. Thanks again. Great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me.